Welcome back to another episode of the Draw Control Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by former Hofstra women's lacrosse player who is now a graduate student at Howard University, Kayla Robertson. Last season, Kayla started in 12 games and had 10 ground balls and one cost turnover. This season, Kayla already has five ground balls and three cost turn cause turnovers at the time of this recording. Kayla is a Dean List student, member of the Athletic Director Scholars Academic Honor Roll, a CAA Commissioner's Academic Honor Roll recipient, and was on the IWLCA Division I Academic Honor Roll as well. Uh, welcome to the Draw Control Podcast, Kayla, and how's everything going? Thank you so much uh, for coming on today. Thanks, Brady, for having me. Everything's going well. You know, we're three games into our season right now here at Howard, so you know, we're kind of getting the ball rolling with non-conference games, getting, you know, our chemistry up, getting, you know, everything kind of together before we go into that conference play. Yeah. Well, obviously that was my first question. The season just started and you have three games under your belt with your new team. How has the season been going so far from your perspective? And what have you taken away from the three games that your team has played so far? Um, Everything's been going well. I think that each game we've been growing more and more as a team. Um, yesterday we had a game against George Mason who proved to be one of our most fierce competitors that we've had so far. Uh, the game itself, I think we learned a lot from each other during that game, a lot about like what we need to put in outside of practice, in practice, um, for preparations against teams that are have a lot of bigger, stronger, faster girls that we may not be used to um, compared to girls that we may face in the NEC conference. So it's been definitely going in a positive direction. We had a game against American, which I think it was nine to 14. It was a great game for our offense in particular, you know, kind of getting our offense going, getting an emotion, getting a continuous, you know, offense. I think that our defense is, Definitely. I play defense, so I'm a little biased, but our defense has been going in a positive direction each game. We, we've been on the same page. So I think so far it's been going well. Now, as a graduate student, what type of leadership do you want to bring to the team? Um, I'm curious how that sort of works, because obviously you weren't on the team last season. So is it sort of weird, sort of what leadership style you try to bring? Because you don't want to sort of be overbearing, but at the same time, you do have valuable experience for the young group that you have that you that you're on the team that you're on that I think could be beneficial for uh, the rest of the regular season well for our team we're definitely in the rebuilding stage right now um, our coach is in her third season now so it's still kind of a newer team with a lot of young girls a lot of freshmen start a lot of sophomores start for me I think it was definitely an interesting experience coming in. I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. You know, people have been here for years, but I'm, I actually am a team captain. And I think I bring a lot of experience like against going against like highly competitive teams like USC army um, Vanderbilt. Um, a lot of teams that have been ranked high in the NCAA in the past, I think, I know what it takes to beat those teams. I know what it takes to play against them. So for the younger players who haven't been, you know, playing in kind of those really, really, really high competitive games, it's been nice, I think, for me to kind of be like the middleman um, going into those games and being like, okay, guys, like we've had this experience playing against these other teams, but now we're kind of taking the, the next step to go to the next level. 
So this is what we have to do. This is how we have to prepare. Um, this is wrong. This is right. You know, so I think that they've really valued my opinion and they've made that known on my team. Um, at first, like I said, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes, but they really do. They come to me, they ask questions. Um, if I say something on the field, they're always like locked in, like, okay, you're right. Like, let's do this. We got this. So I think it's, it's been great so far. Now, what made you sort of want to use your extra year of eligibility and how did the process work for you to end up at Howard? Because I was reading um, some stuff about you and it said that your grandparents uh, are alums at Howard. So I'm assuming that sort of helped uh, you get on the team, I guess. Um, yes, exactly. So I actually wasn't going to take a fifth year at all and use my COVID year, but it, honestly, it started with my parents. My mom was like, why don't you at least try to go into the transfer portal? You never know what opportunities could arise from going in um, and see what's available to you. It was a pretty smooth process for me. I kind of had in the back of my mind that Howard was a school that I would be most interested in. Um it's an HBCU and that's important to me as a player of color and a black um, women's lacrosse player. I think there's been nothing more. There's been like nothing more special than um, me getting to play with all girls that look like me practicing with all girls like that look like me. We've had shared similar experiences playing lacrosse. And now kind of we get to, you know, bring all of those experiences together and create something special on the field. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you know any of the players on the team before you joined or was it sort of like a brand new experience for you in that regard? Um, I don't, I didn't know any current players, but I knew players that had graduated in the past. So that did play a role in me wanting to go there. They had a lot of positive things to say about the coach and the current assistant coach as well. So for me, it wasn't entirely brand new, but all of the players that I'm playing with right now, I didn't know them prior. Yeah. And you sort of touched on this, but how cool is it to be on an HBCU women's lacrosse team? I'm not sure how many there are. I think there's two or three of them, if I'm not mistaken. But to be one of the few teams that has one, that must be super awesome for you to get to get to say that. A hundred percent. Um, I know that there's two division ones. It's us, ha Howard and Delaware State, um, who are currently our biggest rivals each year. And so it's really nice to be able to, number one, be on a team with women of color, but also, you know, take in that amazing history that Howard has to offer um, and kind of proudly wear the Howard Bison name across my chest every game is, you know, an amazing thing. I think for me coming from a predominantly white institution like Hofstra, I had amazing experiences there as well. I learned a lot. Um, I played under Shannon Smith, who is a great coach. Um, who won Twerton, Twerton Awards, NCAA championships. And so I've been able to learn a lot from her and now bring that to my team now, who is, like I said before, is in the rebuilding stage. Now, what's the biggest thing you've been trying to work on this season as you head into conference play? I think for us, it's more so getting this, getting to the speed of all the other teams. We have the personnel, we have the IQ, we have all of that stuff, but I think every single day has to be a grind for us. Every single day we have to go 100% game speed in practice. Um, so that's one thing that we've really been trying to hone in on and work on and, you know, give a hundred percent every single day, no matter what.
Now, what are your team's goals and expectations for the rest of this season? For the rest of this season, we're so we've kind of had a rough go of it the past couple of years. Um, and for us, it's really about getting that first win under our belt and going into a positive direction from there. So right now we have a game on Sunday against Eastern Michigan, and that's where our eyes are. Our eyes are on the prize. Um, we just want to get out there, start off strong in, from the first quarter, from the first draw, um, and really get that first win. I think that's the main thing for us. Yeah, once you sort of get that first win, I feel like it's sort of like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders. And I feel like that definitely helps out a lot once you sort of get that sort of pressure out a little bit, if that makes sense. Exactly, 100%. Now, individually, what do you want to see yourself accomplish for the rest of this season? Um, I think for me, taking on that leadership position, but also having the stats to back up that leadership position is important for me. Um, I did start mostly every game last season. I played basically the entire game for those games as well. But I was not by uh, under any circumstance the first defender um, matching up against the top girl every single game. Sometimes I had the top markup, sometimes I didn't. But for this season, I could really see myself having that top markup every single game. Um, I think for me, it would be really special to be able to, you know, shut down my markups every single time, get those ground balls. Um, be the one who's clearing the ball up the field, which has which I've started doing the, these past three games. But I really want to see myself explode with those stats and continue on. Yeah, it seems like just looking at your statistics that you've already sort of made that jump from last year already in three games. And I know there's so much of the season left, but that's good to see from your end. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now let's transition and talk about the beginning of your lacrosse career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. Uh, so from the research I did on yourself, it says you're from Wheatley Heights, New York. So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing lacrosse? So originally I'm from Wheatley Heights. I attended Half Hollow Hills West High School in Dix Hills, um, which is the next town over. Um, for me, a lot of my friends growing up played lacrosse, but I also played basketball and I honestly didn't start playing lacrosse until I was about 13 years old, I think. I was in seventh grade or eighth grade. And a lot of my friends that I played like travel basketball with, they played soccer, lacrosse, basketball the entire time. And they were always like, Kaylee, you would be a great lacrosse player. Like you should just try it. You should just start. Um, and eventually, honestly, it took some convincing from my dad too. Um, but I gave it a go and I really enjoyed it. I joined the Long Island Top Guns club team in New York, which is a, an amazing program. I learned a lot from my coaches there and I was able to kind of take my game to the next level from like playing in like middle school across <laughs> all the way to varsity. Um, a lot of the girls from my high school went to great schools as well, like Johns Hopkins, Lafayette, Florida, just to name a few, but it was definitely a learning experience. I'm still connected with all of them um, today and I really learned a lot and I really give them credit to the player I am now, because um, without those high school experiences and the club team experiences, I definitely wouldn't be the player I am today. Now, growing up, who was your favorite lacrosse player and team that you like to watch? Or was it just a sport that you played? You didn't really watch a lot of it growing up. Um, to be honest with you, I started getting more into lacrosse as I got into college, like watching um, college games and professional games. But I did really like Northwestern growing up. I loved Taylor Thornton, who was an amazing defender. 
um, slash midfielder for them. So I think for me, I was kind of mirroring that player and finding myself through her. So that definitely was like my number one player. Now you like you mentioned this obviously, but before college, you played for your high school at Half Hollow Hills West, and you also played for the Long Island Top Guns. So just talk about your high school and lacrosse experience and club lacrosse experience, and what you just take away from those two like I guess time though what you take away from those uh, two uh, times you had playing with those teams. Um. So especially for Top Guns, I think I had a really special experience there. Um. My college coach runs the program and I was really able to learn a lot from her at a young age. And that was amazing. It, it felt like way more like a family playing for that club team. Um, they really like made it clear that like I could play as many sports as I wanted. I played travel basketball at the time and I was bouncing back and forth from tournament to tournament, going from Chicago and Kentucky to going all the way down to Maryland to play going to Florida to play and they're all, they always were very supportive of whatever sport I chose. Um, they always talked me up to whatever college coach um, was recruiting me. I think that my Top Guns experience definitely made me want to transition into more of a lacrosse player for like my college aspirations. What's like your favorite memory from your Long Island Top Gun days or your um, high school lacrosse days when you look back on it now? I think for my Top Guns days, um, it was being able to play with the people that I grew up with playing basketball with. Um, and they kind of, you know, sheltered me into the Top Guns community. And I kind of already had friends in that community. And we were able to go down to play in Disney at the Worldwide Sports um, Tournament, which was my favorite time ever. I think like it really, you know, brought us together as a team, especially for those who weren't already committed to a college program. Um, we were all able to go down there and like play our best lacrosse in the sunshine and the heat on grass fields that were like beautiful. So that's definitely my favorite Top Guns memory. I think for uh, my high school memories, honestly, it was like the day-to-day, -day, the bus rides after games, before games. We were really a tight-knit family. Um, I still talk to them in group chats every single day and we send memories back and forth. Um, we had like really cool team managers that were super close with us as well. So just, you know, the everyday day-to-day -day things that you don't think you're going to miss definitely was my favorite part of playing for them. Now, like you mentioned, you also played basketball in high school. I'm curious, how did that sport help you in lacrosse, especially defensively? Because I know that translates to lacrosse pretty seamlessly. 100%. So um, I've been playing basketball since I was probably four or five years old. And basketball to me, lacrosse to me is like basketball with a stick in your hand, um, especially defense, uh, defensively wise, because first of all, the movements are the same. Of course, it's a bigger field than the basketball court that took some getting used to for sure. Um, but even having like the transition game in lacrosse, translates to the transition game in basketball bringing the ball up the court I was a point guard so being able to see the full the full court as I'm going down if there's a full court press coming at me I know how to weave through players weave through double teams and that really helps me in the clear um lacrosse wise do you still watch basketball today or is it like something that you like played I love basketball I still watch basketball today 
um all the time sorry there's <laughs> um i i love basketball i still watch basketball all the time i'm a huge knicks fan i watch the knicks all the time jalen brunson's going crazy right now um hopefully julius randall comes back soon but i love watching the nba i watched the WNBA. i watched college last year i watched a, the march madness for the women's college basketball championships i'm a huge angel reese fan i love her game i think what she does what she did for the game and is continuing to do for the game is extremely special. I love Caitlin Clark too. I'm just a hater. Um, I think the milestone that she just like the um, milestone she just had being the number one scoring player in the NCAA is amazing. So special for her. She's changing the game every single day. Um, and so, yeah, I really enjoy watching, you know, both men's and women's basketball. I think that, Basketball gives you the confidence. When you watch basketball, it gives you the confidence to kind of do anything. Those players are fearless. So when I step on the field and I'm like, well, these people just played in the biggest stage of their careers and, you know, rose to that occasion. Why can't I do that every single game, every single practice, every single day? Yeah, I'm also a big basketball fan. I like uh, Jason Tatum. I know you're a Knicks fan, so you're probably not the biggest fan of him, but he's really fun to watch. Um, and that Knicks team's been fun to watch this year. I don't think a lot of people expected them to be where they are now, but uh, I like Ben Stiller, and he always tweets about them, so that's sort of how I know about the Knicks and what they're doing. But I totally agree with you. The women's college basketball game has been awesome to watch. I think uh, what Caitlin Clark did is incredible, and obviously Angel Reese is a fantastic player as well. And I think you could probably see another rematch of LSU and Iowa in the national championship game again. But another, I also like uh, Cameron Brink. She's a player from Stanford. Uh, she's really fun to watch as well, along with uh, AZ Fudd and Paige Beckers from U UConn. So uh, I think this is like the peak, of, not the peak, but sort of the golden age of basketball, just because there's so many great players to watch. Like you can go through every team in the NBA and in women's college basketball, and there's probably one player that's worth the price of admission to see them play. I completely agree. And like, I think especially we were able to kind of watch like these current college basketball players grow up. I used to watch like Paige Becker's highlights when I was in high school or the beginning of my college career. Um, same with AZ Fudd, same with Cameron Brink. Um, I follow them on TikTok. So it's kind of seems a little bit more personable and personal um, for their game. So now it's not just a player on the court. You can actually see their personality outside of the court. You can see their growth as a player um, that they made from ninth grade all the way now to college at the highest level. So it's it's pretty special. I, I agree. It's definitely turning into a golden age and hopefully it continues down that path. So let's talk about your recruiting process with Hofstra. What made you want to go there versus the schools you might have looked at? Um, so I mentioned it before, but my club coach, well, my college coach ran my club team. And for me, it was more so finding a place that felt like home, a home away from home, kind of like that family dynamic um, that I knew that no matter what, they would have my back. I wouldn't have to worry about anything. And I went in a lot of visits and ultimately, I loved Hofstra. I was a communications major, and Hofstra has one of the best communication schools um, up and down the eastern seaboard. So for me, it was kind of an easy decision after I went to other places. You know, I liked them too, but overall, Hofstra really stood out to me. They really made an effort as well to, you know, be a part of my recruiting process. I was always getting messages, always getting emails, always getting phone calls like, hey, how are you doing? How's this visit? 
Um, have you made a decision yet? Do you, we really want you to come to Hofstra? Like it was never a question, like whether they wanted me or not, never a question on whether, you know, I could be a part of the team. They made it their like effort, a hundred percent effort to, you know, let me know that they really wanted me. And I think being wanted and feeling secure. And that was my main thing. Now, what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college lacrosse? Was it sort of the speed of the game, the physicality, I guess, or was it something else that might've stood out to you? I think definitely the speed of the game and the physicality um, of the game was my number one thing. You know, I didn't play lacrosse club on a club team um, until I was a sophomore, junior in high school. So it was like, I only played for a year and a half. And so like the stick skills part of it, like I was always athletic on the field and um, could play great defense, but it was the ground balls. It was the catching and clearing and all that stuff that I kind of had to like catch up on when I got to college. Um, the speed of the game in general was definitely, definitely took some getting used to. And just for the sheer fact that like, you know, most high school teams, they don't run a zone or um, they're not running like a face guard um, against certain teams. So for me, it's like getting used to those different defenses, those different sets, um, different spots on the field, you know, not just going down at the crease and playing at the crease or not just staying at the top. So that, that definitely was the part that took some getting used to for me. Now your freshman season was canceled due to the pandemic. So how'd you handle the challenge of having your season being canceled? Like when it was just getting started and sort of not knowing when you were going to play again, sort of trying to prepare for a season that you didn't know, like when it was going to start, like how'd you sort of handle that adversity? Personally, my freshman year, it we had a really good team that year. Um, we had Alyssa Perella, who is the number one scoring person at Hofstra, like in the history books, her jersey is going to be retired probably. Um, she was an amazing player. We had Darcy Smith, who had the most draw control. She broke the record for our, our program. Um, we had a transfer, Sabrina Cristadero from Florida, who's an amazing defender and on the draw circle, got so many draws for us. And so, like, for me, it was like, dang, like, am I going to be able to learn from those players um, again, am I going to be able to make the growth that I was making guarding Alyssa Perella in practice every single day, um, made me into a great defender. Was I going to be able to get those experiences again? I didn't know what was going to happen with that, but as COVID, you know, ran its course, our team remained calm. And also we did a lot with each other as much as we could. We got on weekly team zooms, um, we made TikToks together virtually as much as we could. And so just like keeping that team dynamic was super important for us. And it really translated positively because the next year we were able to make it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. During your time with Hofstra, I want to talk about that. You made it to two CAA championship games and a national tournament appearance against Loyola. Uh, what did you take away from those experiences, even though they didn't really go your team's way on the field? I think for us, it was about the hard work paying off. And, you know, when you play in championship games or the NCAA tournament, it's all about kind of like sometimes the teams match up well, but does the ball bounce your way um, a few more times than the other team? Um, or do you get a few more calls than the other team? So I think for us, like we were super positive and, you know, confident going into those games and obviously didn't pan out the way we wanted. But I think for me, 
knowing the preparation it took throughout that whole entire season to get to that point is an unmatched feeling that I could take with me um, throughout anything that I do in my life. And that like proper preparation does lead to great performances. Individually, what would you say was like the biggest improvement you made to your game throughout your time uh, with Hofstra that's been beneficial for yourself with Howard this season? I think that like my stick skills and like running down the ball, running down with the ball on the field for the clear has been the most beneficial for me. Um, I think it wasn't always, I wasn't always the number one person to be clearing the ball at Hofstra, but now at Howard, I kind of am. Um, but I'm grateful that I did hone in on those skills at Hofstra and make sure that I made sure that I could do it whenever um, it was necessary. Because now at Howard, that kind of is my, one of my main roles is to get the ball from the goalie and make it up the field Um break those um, 12 man rides or whatever they're doing, maybe even by myself sometimes, or being able to hit people on the run. I think that's one of the most important parts of my game that ha that I brought to Howard that have been beneficial. Now, looking back on it now, what will you take away from your time with Hofstra? Um, I think the friendships, there's nothing like it. You know, there's nothing like having the bond of people who you play with for four years and you live with and you do everything with, you can go to class with and you go out with and do whatever. So my friendships that I made have been completely so special. Um, I talk in my posture group chat, like every single day, we all talk to each other, no matter where we are. Some people graduated, some people transferred, some people are still there playing their fifth years. Um, some of the younger girls are involved too. And so it's really just it's really just the friendships. A lot of the girls are from the same area. So whenever we're home in Long Island, we, we all hang out all the time. And there's there's really nothing quite like it. Nobody understands that the bond you make in sports because you just go through so much together. They know so much about you that not like nothing could compare. So let's transition now to a segment I like to call uh, five questions that have nothing to do with lacrosse. And the goal of this segment is to hopefully get to know you a little bit more off the field. And I'll give you my answers as well. So it can be a fun conversation. So first one is, if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself? Ooh, that's a great question. I think for me, I absolutely love Issa Rae, who is an actress. She had a show on HBO called Insecure. She was in the Barbie movie. She is absolutely the most hysterical actress Right now, I think she's so funny. She's so awkwardly herself. Um, and I think that she would be a perfect Kayla. That would yeah. be an honor. <laughs> I don't know who I would pick because I don't really feel like I look like any celebrity. But I guess it would be cool if Matthew McConaughey played me because I think he's just seems like a cool guy. And I just think it would be fun to brag to people that he played me in a movie. So that's what I would go with. <laughs> that's a good choice. <laughs> Now, what's the most underrated holiday and what's the most overrated holiday? Mm, that's a great one. I think the most underrated holiday is Easter because although we go to church and we do all the things that maybe people don't find all great, like Christmas and stuff like that, where there's a whole bunch of gifts, I think that Easter really makes families go together. Um, my family always has like a big Easter brunch. We always hang out all day and you kind of, the focus isn't on gifts or like dressing up or doing anything. Um, and we're really able to take that time to just spend time with each other. And I think the most overrated holiday, I don't even want to have to say this, but maybe, actually I would say 
the 4th of July. And only for the sheer fact that we kind of get away from celebrating what the 4th of July really is. And then it's more so about like partying and <laughs> dressing up. Yeah. I, my hot take is I think Halloween's the most overrated because once you're an adult, it's not as fun as it used to be because you can't go trick-or-treating anymore. And it's like, sometimes it's like, I don't really want to wear a costume. So it just seems like another party day, but you have to wear a costume. Like I rather just not have to do that. So that's what I would go with. Um, for uh, underrated, I don't know, probably like, I have to think about that. I probably should have, to, probably Thanksgiving just because it's sort of like hemmed in between Halloween and Christmas. But at the same time, like you don't have the pressure of giving gifts or wearing a costume. It's just a nice time to like hang out with your family and watch football as well. So I'll go with that. But I like Easter a lot. Um, but I still sometimes get stuff from the Easter Bunny is even as a 20 year old. So that's another reason why I enjoy it. So now getting back to some more non lacrosse questions is what's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Hmm. That's a really great question. This is like so completely random, but oh, actually, there's been a TikTok series on this week that has like been completely viral called like, who did I get married to? And it's a 50 part, like, I don't know, story time that some a lady did um, talking about her pathological liar ex-husband, which was crazy. And it's like blowing up on TikTok right now. Um, all these companies are kind of giving her like, she's getting a BM free BMW. She got a trip to Paris and London from it just because like they were, these were all things that her ex-husband like promised her and everyone's kind of like rallying behind her, um, making sure that she's good make sure she's getting everything that was promised to her, which I just thought was super interesting. And the whole series took me like almost two days to finish, but it was worth it. It was a great story. How about you? Honestly, it sort of relates to the 4th of July in a history class. We learned about the Declaration of Independence. And I didn't realize like how like faded it is now, because back in the day, they didn't really take care, good care of it. They would expose it to light and they sort of would crumple it up and how it got distributed when they would show it off at different places. So now when you look at it, it's like super faded and you really can't see too much of it anymore. But I just thought that was interesting to sort of see like how they used to take care of it. Now it's like you can't take any pictures of it when you see it. It's like in a like glass container with like bulletproof. It's pretty crazy to see how they like protect it and stuff. But I thought it was cool, but they've tried to make some conservation efforts to like make it look as good as it can. But I just thought that was interesting to to read about and learn about in history class yesterday. That is crazy. I wonder if they actually show the real one like you know how the mona lisa they show like a replica and everyone thinks it's real but it's really not i wonder if they actually put the real declaration of independence yeah. out there i think it's the original copy at the national archives in dc but i know there's like other copies of it probably around different parts of uh, the u.s that you can see but i would rather see the original because it's a little bit more meaningful yeah 100 percent now who has the best off the field style on the Howard women's lacrosse team and on the Hofstra women's lacrosse team besides yourself, Kayla, because you might have the best style in all of the NCAA. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think that's a, that's a hard question, but I think on my Hofstra team, it's gotta go with my friend Taylor Manella. She always has the new dunks every 
her shoe game is crazy. Um, she's always dressed in nines, whatever new thing came out, new makeup, anything she's always telling me about. So I know that like she's locked in in the fashion industry. She's always locked in. Um, I think on my Howard team, that's that's really hard because a lot of people like show out ev like every every time we go somewhere there. They always have great outfits. But I will give a shout out to my assistant coach. She uh, Lexi Joseph. She always brings the heat. She has crazy shoe game, too. Um, and she always has good outfits and where we have to wear our, you know, practice gear to practice. She has some pretty cool Jordan, you know, pieces, some pretty cool Nike pieces. So shout out to her. <laughs> yeah, we got to get her on the podcast at some point. She's had a great career as well. Um, I would say I had Kendall Barker on the podcast. So I'll give her a shout out because I know she has good style. And obviously yourself, I haven't had anyone from Hofstra on, but I did have Danny Santora. So I'll give her a shout out, but I, she's more of a fail field, fair field women's across player than Hofstra. So, um, yeah. and oh, then last, Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's okay. That was, that was my roommate freshman year at Hofstra. So shout out to her too. She's great. I love her. <laughs> now one more non lacrosse question is what's the most embarrassing lacrosse moment that you've had so far or ever. <laughs> I think for me, let me think. Honestly, one really stands out to me. I was playing Drexel. I think it was 2022 or 2021, 2022. I was a junior and I just gotten into the game. We were already losing by a lot. And I, my coach was like, all right, you, you're going in. Like we're switching to man. We, we used to play zone. And I was like, okay, I found like a girl that I, I was like, I've never seen her before. She wasn't really on the scout. I was like, I'm just going to guard her and try to try to lay low. She ended up, I I don't remember her name, but she ended up like winning this, the CAA championships for them after like, she was, an, she was an amazing player, super fast. She definitely shifted me like my first play of the game and scored, <laughs> but I will say she turned into an amazing player. So I don't feel as bad um, about myself as I did in the moment because years down the line, she's like, now nah, they're number one attacker. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would always, I've never, I didn't play defense, but I feel like I always feel bad for those people that get their ankles broken. And then there's like this great like mixtape on Instagram the next day. Like that's always tough, but I do enjoy watching those though. Selfishly. <laughs> selfishly same. And honestly, if it had to happen to me to enjoy the rest of everybody else that that's happened to, so be it. Because I watched those videos too. At least yeah. I wasn't put on yeah. <laughs> like an Instagram account. Yeah, no, I always, I always look out for those because those are the best. But now getting back to some lacrosse questions now, um, I'm curious what you have to say about this, but what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective? That's a great question. So for me, I think I've done a lot of work outside of my respective teams to grow the game in New York specifically, I've done a lot of work with like Harlem lacrosse, um, Bronx lacrosse, Sankofa, um, U.S. lacrosse. So I think it's really about going into communities where, you know, lacrosse is maybe is not seen as like the number one sport um, for different communities and putting a stick in their hand and saying, hey, like lacrosse is a cool sport. Like I play lacrosse. If you think, you know, you can relate to me in any way, then maybe you should try it. I think like in sports like basketball and soccer, those things, it's really hard to get recruited, um, even as just in New York, especially to Long Island. Um, and for those girls who maybe they're great basketball players or whatever, soccer players, but they don't get like 
the college coaches looking at them. Um, lacrosse is a great way to get out there and get your name out there. You know, people are always, tournaments are always in Long Island. Tournaments are always in Maryland. Um, you always have an opportunity. And I think opportunity is super important. And you, you'll never feel like there's not a school out there that won't want me or there's not a, not a school out there that I can't walk on to or something like that. Now, before we end this interview, Kayla, do you have any shout outs you want to give uh, 10 year former teammates, current teammates, and who should we have on the podcast next? Well, shout out to all my teammates from Hofstra. Miss you guys. I know they're having a great season over there. Shout out to my current teammates at Howard. I know we're going to kick some butt on Sunday. Um, I think next, maybe you could get someone from Hofstra, you know, Taylor Manella, Nikki Manella, mm -hmm. um, the Manella sisters. They're two of my really good friends. They would be an amazing um, addition to the podcast. Carrie Walzer, she's, she's really funny. She would be a great addition. So any of them, that would be really cool. Definitely got to reach out and see what they have to say. But Kayla, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming on. I really appreciate it. I think you're a great person and even better. Uh, you're also you're a great lacrosse player and an even better person is what I was trying to say. But thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, too.